In today's episode of Impulse, I'm joined once again by Sam Moy from over at Infinite Backlog to talk about our thoughts and impressions of Watch Dogs Legion. Hello, hello. We just got back from EGLX 2019, where we both attended a developer panel and live demo, and we've certainly got a fair bit to discuss, so let's jump right into it. For those of you who haven't been following, uh, Watch Dogs Legion is the next game in the Watch Dogs series, uh, set in London in the near future, uh, one of the most surveyed cities in the world. Yeah, in this fictional kind of near future universe, London has become this sort of police state now with a kind of a private military presence taking over essentially the role of the police and all that sort of stuff. The game itself will feature sort of nine distinct areas in the open world to explore with their own sort of take on London. And as for the story stuff, roughly the story will be broken down into five main storylines to pursue, as well as numerous side quests. More or less the whole purpose of this game, whereas the previous Watch Dogs game sort of followed kind of a single story or a single type of character and more maybe a group of characters in two, in this, they're kind of expanding on that. You are playing essentially as Deadsec, the group, not necessarily a sole individual. The whole purpose of the game is sort of building a resistance movement. You know, it has themes of, like I said, fighting an authoritarian police state and, and things of that nature. What in response to if we specifically start as someone or have some sort of initial character, the, the only thing they would really tell us is you're playing as Deadsec. So I can only assume once you start the game, you'll probably be given a random character. It's an interesting take on um, on the main role of the video game, because usually when it comes down to a video game, uh, you play the role of a character of an organization, as opposed to the organization itself. It's a, it's a very interesting take. But the team you're going to be building with random NPC characters and the whole, the whole gimmick of being able to play as anyone is more or less what kind of separates this from past entries. And uh, the developers definitely kind of hammered down on the fact that, like, the lone hero role, it just wouldn't work in this concept that they're trying to that they're trying to strive for. That doubles down with the uh, with the name of the game, Watchdog Legions, where uh, you're stronger as a group as opposed to an individual. And on the topic of uh, groups, they did confirm during the panel that you have a team of twenty people. And uh, on top of that, it also pulls information from uh, London Census, as well as using numerous voice actors and voice actresses alongside uh, voice modulation. To create all the different voices for all the different people, as opposed to likes of The Elder Scrolls IV, Oblivion, where five people voiced everybody. It sounds like a technical nightmare, because all of these different characters, depending on who you're playing as, will also be in cutscenes and story-driven plot elements, so that they all have to kind of repeat those same lines. So the voice modulation thing made sense. Well, like in the other Watchdog games, where you could look up little tidbits of information about people as you're walking past them, uh, in this game, each character will have a unique trait tied to who they are as a person or their backstory. And the interesting thing to note about this is that with two different people, they can find the same person, but that same person will have two different parameters. So so like in my game, my Helen, the old lady, could be a really good driver, and in Dan's game, uh, Helen could be a really good stealth operative. Now, outside of the gimmick of uh, being able to play as anybody, one of the big new features in Watch Dogs Legion is this concept of permanent death. Uh, they, they really kind of hammered it home with by saying it's a game changer. So uh, that way, if your character is incapacitated, you actually have an option to whether you uh, surrender and potentially get to save your character, or get up again just to have the risk of dying and staying dead for good. The death aspect isn't actually necessarily fully a bad thing. There's actually some really unique storytelling elements that they actually pull from that if one of your operatives die. One of the examples they gave us is that other characters within DeadSec will actually remember character deaths, and you can even specifically get revenge on specific NPCs that may have killed past DeadSec operatives. 
And uh, other NPCs that your characters might interact with outside of DeadSec operations uh, might even change their schedules, like if they have drinks together, which they used as an example. Um, one of the NPCs might go to the graveyard or something to, to mourn your dead person or uh, mourn the person you've killed. You know, things like that. Uh, another thing to note is that uh, permadeath is going to be across all game modes, so that includes single player and co-op. Uh, co-op, of course, uh, doesn't mean that my team can interact with Dan's, it just means that I join Dan's game and use his team. Another interesting aspect to playing uh, DeadSec as a group is also the public opinion of it. Uh, for example, if you go around as murdering everybody, or you're, really, or you're really reckless, and you're driving around killing people constantly while trying to complete missions, it'll actually affect DeadSec's public opinion with potential consequences. Some of the side effects from uh, going around murdering people is it can affect anything from recruiting new members, uh, is all of your NPCs have their own opinion on what they think of DeadSec. And if it's too low, they'll flat out just not want to join up with you, or you're going to have to work harder to get them to recruit. Some of them might even try to take the law into their own hands and uh, get revenge on you, because you accidentally ran over their family, or someone, or friend. Somebody asked them if there would be a clash of ideologies within DeadSec, or if characters within DeadSec would have different opinions and different approaches to how they want things to be done. And in response to that, they pretty much said it would be too much spoilers, but it's something they want to honor, to quote them, more or less. Probably the best question from the panel came from our own Torch, Moderator Torch, uh, aka Mike Sounders from Destructoid.com. And uh, he simply asked, what would happen if we run out of operatives, or if all of our player characters died? In response to that, they had to think about it for a moment, but eventually they got back to us and they said, the game will respond with a freebie operative to come in and help, which... There's a part of me that hopes that maybe they should consider maybe some sort of, not necessarily an Iron Man mode, but like a strict like game over, like hey you failed, like all of DeadSec got wiped out here, come on. Or they might do something along the lines of innocent bystander watches bad things happen and decides to take the law into his own hands. Yeah, you know we'll have to wait and see how it actually pans out in the game, but once I build up a decent DeadSec team, I'm definitely going to try and make a separate save file, get them all killed just to see what happens. But then following that, we also then checked out the live demo and presentation for the game. Uh, the demo was non-playable, so we, we didn't really actually get to play it firsthand. We more or less just kind of sat and watched while somebody played it behind a screen. Uh, and the build that was presented to us was an alpha build. Uh, it was buggy, but we're not gonna, we're not going to go into that. We're not going to critique the bugs of the game or anything like that. We'll, we'll wait till the final release for that. And to be fair, they did, they did sort of uh, preempt us and tell us that there were going to be bugs because it was an alpha build. Yeah. During the demo itself, we weren't allowed to like record anything like that or take photos, so a, lo a lot of this is just going to be kind of off the cuff now. Uh, you know, they went back into, into some of the same themes of, you know, most, most watched city and oppressed in the world and private military has replaced the police, things of that nature. As for some of the actual gameplay elements, the hacking, more or less, uh, I wouldn't say it was too much different from what I've seen in Watch Dogs 1 and 2. I'm sure there'll definitely be some new features and things like that. I, I think the spider bot thing is new, I'm not 100% sure. But I could have sworn there was at least like a mini drone in Watch Dogs 2 that was very similar to that. Uh, the visuals of London in the near future looked pretty good. There was a lot of lot of neons, uh, a lot of neon lighting. Uh, the build we saw was certainly running on a high-end PC. There was quite a good draw distance. Yeah, like it, this thing was definitely running at like a full 60 frames a second. The, the draw distance was nuts. I saw no popping whatsoever. So I'm not too sure how this will be on consoles, especially the standard consoles. But uh. We'll have to wait and see for that stuff. One thing I noticed during this demo was that uh, facial animations on playable characters were pretty stiff and muted in terms of expression. It's really noticeable in cutscenes with story-related NPCs. 
uh, that um, characters with more expressive faces and animations. It's sort of like the whole when your custom character is in a cutscene moment. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, the player character we saw, which by the way was uh, with a background being a game developer wearing a choker, no shirt, and a jacket on, uh, with an expertise in weapons for some reason, despite being a, a developer, uh, remains completely stoned face during what seemed like a, a pretty relatively important cutscene with like a lot of dramatic elements going on. He just looked dead inside. Probably my biggest concern though is I do question just how varied the loop will be of constantly recruiting characters into DeadSec. From the examples we've seen so far, it's sort of boiled down to following someone very briefly and then more or less trying to convince them to join DeadSec. And a lot of that convincing, once again to boil it down, more or less involves sneaking or attacking a specific location and then stealing or, you know, hacking something. Uh, if this is another 40-hour game like the previous two games have been, my big worry is just how long that gameplay loop will remain fresh, because it just seems like a lot of the same thing for both the E3 demo and what we saw here in this demo. Definitely. Uh, like, you can sneak into so many places so many times, it makes you wonder just how many of them are the same missions with a different lick of paint. Yeah. I do worry about that aspect. I feel like once I have recruited at least a good solid dozen members that I really like, I won't even have a reason to bother with that sort of gameplay loop again. But overall though, like I said, ambitious is the word here. Like that is the key word here. Uh, this approach to an open world with this idea of being able to play anybody, uh, it kind of gives me driver San Francisco vibes. And I'm, I'm very curious how this will all pan out. So the demo overall impressed me enough that I'm certainly more interested in this going into it than the previous games. Yeah, certainly. It's, uh, it was very interesting from what I've learnt and what I've seen of the game, and I guess time will tell leading up to its March 2020 release. But what do you guys think of Watch Dogs Legion? Let us know down below. And for more Watch Dogs Legion coverage, everything from news, reviews, and more, be sure to head on over to Destructoid.com.